Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Monday morning, and what a difference eight days makes. Aaron Rodgers, before last night, we heard from him the previous Saturday. They knocked off a struggling Panthers team, got a win on Saturday night, said it left a sour taste in his mouth, wasn't happy. Eight days later, he's 37 years old, on the verge of an all-time season, and as you just heard there, appears to be thrilled. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. The fellows are off. We'll all be back together on Monday, January 4th. The national champion, Trevor Maddich, is joining us this morning, ESPN College football analyst, played in the NFL. Great to have his perspective as we are six days away from what should be an incredible week number 17. Aaron Rodgers, incredible yesterday. He had Four incompletions and four touchdowns. 21 for 25, four incompletions, four touchdowns. You heard him sing the praises of Devontae Adams there for the season. Trev Adams, 109 catches, 1,328 yards, and 17 touchdowns. The Packers roll over the Titans on Sunday night football. 40-14, a Tennessee win wouldn't have gotten them the AFC South. Instead, it'll come down to Week 17 for them. The Packers, Trev, with a win, will clinch home field throughout the playoffs. They've got Chicago Sunday. Your thoughts on them? And then a very interesting question this morning on our Twitter feed. Yeah, Green Bay is absolutely on fire right now. Uh, defense is playing well. They've invested in defense. They've helped Aaron Rodgers that way. And Rodgers, I think, is just mad. We talked about Trubisky being mad. Rodgers is mad. He's got a commercial where a, a guy in the commercial tells him he's wrong about something. So he goes up and hits a golf ball about four miles, and he looks at the guy and with a snarky attitude says, that come down yet? Hmm. Right? And it looked to me like he wasn't acting. Well, they drafted Jordan Love, a quarterback, in the first round to eventually take his place. And I think that lit a fire underneath him. And I think it's the same kind of motivation that he had in that commercial that he is right now playing as well, I think, as he ever has. And so I think the Bears are in for a long day. So that'll be the matchup week 17, Chicago and Green Bay. Green Bay wins. They have themselves home field throughout the NFC playoffs. The Chiefs have already clinched that in the AFC. We're going to get to that in just a second. Bears win. They are in. And you're right. The drafting of Jordan Love didn't put a chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. It put a boulder on his shoulder. And for those of you that get this one, I certainly love your uh, – Shout out there on the commercial, but I should also mention we are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we also love insurance companies for those of you who get that one. All right, so we're asking this morning on the Twitter feed, who do you trust more in the playoffs, the Chiefs or the Packers? Simple, right? Chiefs have already locked up the one seed. The Packers, as I mentioned, can do so with the win on Sunday. Tell us who you trust more and why. Now, these results are a little bit surprising to me, but perhaps there's some recency bias there. 69%, Trev, 69% of people on our Twitter feed have said the Packers, including, I'm not here to judge, Jimmy Fingers. Jimmy Fingers says the Chiefs have overcome big deficits in the playoffs. Mahomes wildly accurate the longer the play goes on. They seem nigh impossible to be able to shut out at times. So that's interesting. 69% going with the Packers. The rationale for the Chiefs is what it is as well. If I were to give my anecdotal thoughts on exactly why some of our fellas and ladies would go with the Packers, I would say, Wins are wins, and the Chiefs are at a point now where now we're speculating and scrutinizing their wins, even though W's are hard to come by in this league. But here in the last month, a month and a half, they barely edged by the Panthers by two. 
They edged by the Raiders, and yes, the Raiders have played them tough this year. They barely edged by the Broncos on a Sunday night in Kansas City. Didn't look tremendous. They edged by the Dolphins on the road. Didn't look tremendous. And yesterday, obviously, one of the best field goal kickers in the league, the NFC's Pro Bowl kicker, missing a field goal, allowing them to sneak by the Falcons. In the interest of equal time, I would also tell you they had a very impressive win over Tom Brady and the Bucks. They had a very impressive win over Drew Brees and the Saints in Drew's first game back. A lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes battling 1-2 for the MVP, but you'd like to throw a 2A in there. I think the 2A would be Tom Brady. Tom Brady right now is over 4,000 yards passing. The only playoff quarterback that's ahead of him is Patrick Mahomes in terms of total passing yards. But it's not the yards that make me think that he's deserving to be in this conversation. It's what he's done. You've got Mahomes with the Chiefs, who's keeping it going. You've got Rodgers with Green Bay who's keeping it going. Brady has had to elevate a team that's been irrelevant since 2007. The last time Tampa has been in the playoffs was 2007. Who do you think their quarterback was the last time they made the playoffs? I'm guessing, let me, uh, Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> that goes back a little <laughs> bit farther. That's creamsicle bucks. Yeah, that's that's little... creamsicle bucks. No, <laughs> believe it or not, the quarterback, the last time the Bucks made the playoffs, 2007, second longest playoff drought in the NFL. The Browns have the longest. They're still trying to get in. Jeff Garcia. Wow. Jeff Garcia was their quarterback the last time they made the playoffs in 2007. Mm. And so Brady is the first quarterback since then that's gotten them back to the playoffs. So to me, it's not just about, gee, who's playing at the highest level right now, winning the most games, winning their division, things like that. It's what are you doing to elevate a franchise? And that's valuable too. And his stats, Brady's stats are good enough to be able to, from the standpoint of total yards, things like that, passing yards, good enough to be considered. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how he's elevated Tampa to a place that they haven't been for about a decade and a half. Now, when you think about it from Tampa's standpoint, this is all you need to know about what happened on Saturday if you missed it. And I don't want to go back to ancient history because in the world that we live in, Saturday is ancient history. Five minutes ago is ancient history. But um, Blaine Gabbard played the entire second half. Brady was amazing. He had the best first half. I mean, we're talking over 300 yards, four touchdowns. He had a first half that almost no quarterback in the NFL has had in the first half in quite some time. It was a blowout. It was a 40-point win. They stand right now in the top wild card spot, the fifth seed in the NFC. Because this story is what it is. Look, he had his worst ever performance, the worst performance of his entire legendary 20-year career in the second matchup against the Saints. Then again, he also housed Aaron Rodgers. Then again, he also didn't remember how many downs were on the line on a Thursday night game in Chicago. But push comes to shove, no matter what, the ups, the downs, the relationship with Bruce Arians, wherever it might be, the Bucks are exactly where everybody thought they would be. A chance to be an 11-win team and firmly in the playoffs. On the other side of that pendulum, Bill Belichick and company, who we'll see tonight on ESPN, taking on the Buffalo Bills, division winners for the first time in 25 years, knocking the Pats off the AFC East throne for the first time in 11. The Pats are out of the playoffs. It's a small sample size, but these guys are inextricably linked. In the first year apart, Brady is going to the playoffs? For sure? Belichick is not. For sure. First strike goes to Tom. It goes to Tom. And you've got to think that Tom is really happy about that. He won't say. He's not playing (laughs) for that. He's playing for himself. But part of for himself, I believe, is to show that. I mean, why else would he leave? I mean, how many years does he have left? Does he have six years, seven years? Probably a few years, handful of years. Why wouldn't he stay and just bite the bullet? And stay with Belichick and live with whatever caused him to leave to begin with just for a few more years. Well, he didn't want to. And part of the reason, I think, is that he got tired of people saying that 
it might be Belichick, and Belichick could win with any quarterback. No, I don't know that for sure. I don't want to put words in Tom Brady's mouth. But as an athlete who's incredibly competitive, who has played against former teams, played against former coaches, knowing what some of them have said about me, I wanted to beat them. And there's a satisfaction in having the people that you left behind miss you desperately. And that's the position that Brady finds himself in right now. Again, I don't th- I don't know that that's his driving motivation. I would be surprised if it were. But it's got to be something that's amazingly satisfying. And right now it is utterly indisputable that it was quarterback that had the biggest impact, at least in the small sample size that you talked about. And you think about it, with er- everywhere they are on offense, they've gotten Gronkowski clicking finally. Evans has been great. Godwin had an unbelievable one-handed touchdown on Saturday. They have the number one rush defense in the league. Their running back situation, they have to get healthy there, but they have Tom Brady clicking, and we'll wait to see indeed what happens back in the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. Everything seems to be clicking indeed at the moment. A reminder, beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greeny, that immediately follows our show, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, right here on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can, have the A-list newsmakers you'd expect from Mike Greenberg and interact with you every single weekday. From Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, right into Greeny, weekday mornings on ESPN Radio, that starts on January 5th. On the way, we'll ask our quarterback how a quarterback that's missing his top four wide receivers and 40% of his offensive line would throw the ball 53 times in a loss that could have squashed their playoff hopes. That's next on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin right here on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. So many wild things that happened in week 16 of the NFL season, setting up what should be an amazing week number 17 Plenty still on the line. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The fellows will be back Monday, January 5th. It's great to have the national champion ESPN college football analyst Trevor Maddich with us here. We'll be with you until 10 a.m. Eastern time. Thanks for being with us. Let's head right to the hotline and bring in Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, a dozen years at the NFL at the quarterback position. And quarterback is where I want to start, the quarterback of the Browns specifically, Dan. Let me run this down if I have this correctly. Baker Mayfield missing his top four receivers due to COVID. They're out. They're number one and number two 
One was a practice squad guy. The other was a guy they recently brought on. They had to run all the wide receivers they had Sunday morning in a parking garage adjacent to the stadium to get going. He also didn't have his left tackle and his right guard, and he threw 53 times in a loss, putting them within now less than a 50% chance to make the playoffs. Explain to me what the rationale was there, throwing the ball that many times with everything they were missing. Yeah, I know everybody wants to kill like Baker Mayfield today and say, okay, you couldn't overcome kind of those players that were out. So Monday morning, NFL coaches start game planning for their upcoming week, right? So you put the whole game plan together. You're anticipating that all your guys are there. You have no reason not to think otherwise or to think otherwise. So you're installing all your game plan, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then all Friday, all of a sudden, Friday afternoon or Friday night, they get saddled with the news that, okay, these receivers are going to be out. And then they find out those offensive linemen are going to be out. So, like, everything that you just worked on gets completely thrown out the window. And you've got a 24 to 36-hour window to figure out, okay, who's going to play? And then what part of our game plan can these guys actually operate? Like, what can these guys even break the huddle and get lined up where they're supposed to get lined up for us to run our plays? And so, so I think this, this is just a perfect example of, like, man, this is a terrible break for the Cleveland Browns. And so the 53 pass attempts, I'm trying to put myself into Kevin Stefanski's shoes. I've got two thoughts on it. One, that they came out throwing the ball early, hoping, all right, let's throw the ball, thinking that the the Jets were going to stack the box against our run. They know our receivers aren't out. We're going to try to run the football. Let's try to come out and get the lead, right? Let's try and throw the football, get the lead, allow Baker and the tight ends to maybe to make some hay, and then that'll help us win the football game. And then two, use the short passing game as a supplement for the run game, because those offensive linemen being out hurt their run game. And so I know that it's easy to kill Baker and Kevin Stefanski today. I did not see a huge issue with it. It's just one of those really weird 2020 games where you're like, man, that's an awful break that they had to revamp their whole game plan with 24 hours left on Friday night. Dan, another thing that happened that seems kind of weird is that the Falcons held the Chiefs to 17 points yesterday. Is that something that future opponents of the Chiefs can learn from on how to limit Mahomes, or was that just an anomaly? No, it's, it's more of an anomaly than anything. You know, the, the, chi- the, the Falcons' defensive structure is the structure, the scheme, the philosophy of how you want to try and slow down Kansas City's offense. They're a coverage-based unit. They like to rush forward and, and play coverage behind it. And their rush has gotten better over the last six or seven weeks. So that certainly helps. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs are very much so bored you know, they know who they are. They know that the playoffs are right around. This is like watching the Lakers last year. Like, they just know, all right, once we get into the playoffs, we'll kick it on. And so uh, Patrick drifted a little bit in the pocket. We've seen that at sometimes this year. Um, when he needs to own the pocket, he's done it. And so I don't pay – I don't put much stock into yesterday's performance. At the end of the day, when they need to make the play, it's like, hey, will you, will you, will you go make the play for us in Mahomes and Kelsey and – Tyreek Hill, they all get it done. So this is the one seed. Um, they're going to have the bye. I have no concerns about the Chiefs. I want to ask you about a team that I'm a little concerned about in the very short term, not the long term, Dan, because I do believe there's well ahead of schedule, and that would be the Miami Dolphins. But uh, in the parlance of the holiday season, the Dolphins re-gifted Ryan Fitzpatrick on Saturday, and it was absolutely tremendous. I remember he said his heart hurt all day in mm. late October when he was benched when the team was 3-3, three and three, but it was a heart-stopping finish on Saturday. Brian Flores has already come out and said that Tua is going to start when the Dolphins take on Buffalo on the road 
in Week 17 in a big spot for them. They have an opportunity to make the playoffs. They need a big-time W on the road. But this back and forth for the moment, totally understanding that this is Tua's team moving forward. I have no illusions about that. But in this moment, when you're so close and ahead of schedule and you've seen the magic that Fitzy has put forth, what do you think about this move? Week 17, playoffs on the line. Totally okay with it. Uh, I I trust Brian Flores and his decision-making as much as I trust any coach in the NFL. That says a lot. I mean, he has proven it. And I think the two questions that come out of this situation are, okay, what does this do to the now and future confidence of Tua Tungavailoa? And I'd say this, like, as a player in the NFL – your confidence gets shaken more from the unknown rather than a coach's decision. And I think that the communication that happens between Flores and Tua is very black and white. There is no gray, so there is no unknown. This is not going to affect Tua's confidence. This is just the reality of you weren't handling that situation well. He's handled a lot of them well this year, Tua. You weren't handling that one well. So we're going to go to a guy that we think can handle it better in this moment. Tua's confidence will be absolutely fine. The most impressive thing for me, Z, when it comes to the whole situation is not that Brian Flores has the courage and the confidence to make the quarterback move when he does. It's that he has the courage and the confidence to make the move and believes that even though it may not work out, he won't lose his locker room. That's the most impressive thing is he knows making this move might turn out to be a bad thing. It might not be the right move to make, and he still has the belief and the confidence and the courage to do it because he believes, I won't lose my locker room if and when I do this. And that speaks to total and complete all-in trust within their organization. So I'm all-in on Brian Flores making these decisions. Well, you talk about known and unknown in Chicago. It seemed like the quarterback situation was known when they benched Mitchell Trubisky. And then all of a sudden it became unknown again when he came back and played really well over the last several weeks. What should Chicago Bears fans know about where Trubisky stands with this team? He's 27-12 and 12 as a 37-game starter under Matt Nagy. He's 6-2 and two this year. That's, that, 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 we like to say in the NFL, you are what your record is. 27-12 and 12 is the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears. And 6-2 and two this season. Trevor, the thing, the thing that's most interesting is It took too long to figure out what style of offense he needed to play in, but you figured it out. You know, that's the interesting thing is like, yes, there were moments where you're going, why? I've I've been on this 18-month pound-the-table journey of you're using Mitchell Trubisky the wrong way. You need to allow him to play outside of the pocket. Use the RPOs. He needs to live in the play-action world. Get him on the edges. And ever since they benched him and Matt Nagy gave over those play-calling duties to Bill Lazor, you're going, oh, this looks like a completely different offense. Now it's 14 play-action or bootleg passes a game compared to seven at the beginning of the season. Mitchell Drabisky's thrown for nine yards of attempt instead of seven. And so you're, you're watching a head coach go, okay, right now I'm a little bit overwhelmed. I can't do the head coaching thing and the play calling thing. I need to push some duties off. I'm going to stay head coach. I'm still going to have my fingers on the offense a little bit. I'll stay head coach. Somebody else, you be our play caller. It's helped the head coach. It's helped the offense. It's helped the quarterback. They've saved their season. They're, they have the chance to make the playoffs. It's also forced them, the, the worthy question of, did we get it right? 
is the head coach the right guy and is the quarterback the right guy? Because six weeks ago, this was a blow up. Blow the whole place up and start over. Now it's, okay, maybe these guys are worthy of these roles and they got a huge one next week against Green Bay. Couldn't agree with you more. Again, on December 6th, earlier this month, December 6th, the Bears had lost their sixth consecutive game and now if they beat the Packers, they are in. So the Bears have an opportunity to sneak into the bottom of the NFC playoff picture by knocking off the team that could finish at the top and that's where I want to go with Dan Orlovsky right now. Dan, 12 years in the league at the quarterback position, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Zubin, Trevor Maddich in for the fellas. Sunday night football, Aaron Rodgers, four incompletions, four touchdowns. That's a pretty good incompletion yeah. to touchdown ratio. Devontae Adams was amazing. Rodgers, five for five, 40 yards, hit Adams on the first drive yesterday. The game was essentially over. I know the Titans cut it to about five, but you never felt like Green Bay wasn't going to win this game. Right now, with the way the Packers are playing, what do you think about them heading to the playoffs, considering what we saw last night and what we've seen here over the last few weeks? Yeah, no one's green, going into Green Bay and beating them. The way they're playing, nobody. I mean, their offense is as good as any offense we have in the NFL, and their defense has two things that are really good. They can rush the quarterback, and they can play coverage. This is a pass-first league right now. So if they can avoid a team like, like, let's say, like a team like the Rams that wants to pound the football, we'll see if they get in. No one's going into Green Bay and beating them and stopping that offense. Listen, Z, uh, I've watched every snap of Aaron Rodgers' career. We were drafted the same year, and we were in the same division. I've seen every single throw that he's made in a regular season or postseason game. I don't think I've ever seen him play better. I don't think I've ever seen him have more of the, I'm going to do whatever I want to do with the football mindset. We got the, we're talking about a guy who's playing the quarterback position the best right now. Patrick Holmes is the best player in the league, but Rodgers is playing quarterback better than anybody right now. They've got the best receiver in football right now. They got the best offensive line in football right now. I've been on this train for about two years now. You, you better start putting Matt LaFleur in the conversation of one of the best head coaches in the NFL right now. And so, I just don't see how anyone is going to go minimize that offense that gets so many free guys open and so many creative plays. They get easy throws for Rodgers. And then, again, he's going to make those four or five throws a game that you sit back and ask yourself, who else on the planet can make that throw? And he's (laughs) one of those rare guys that can. This is – I just – they're going to have to play their C game for somebody to beat them in Green Bay. It's a great point, and I'm glad you mentioned it. The two years before LaFleur got there, they missed the playoffs in both years. In the two years LaFleur has been there, they're going to the playoffs, and they look like a serious candidate to challenge for the Super Bowl. So much for the theory that LaFleur and Rodgers couldn't get together. That was the big narrative before year number one. And you're right, at the age of 37, Aaron Rodgers, at the age of 37, is having an all-time season. I'm going to get you out of here with the one-word answer we're asking this morning on the Twitter feed. Who do you feel more comfortable in moving forward when it counts the most? Chiefs, Packers. Chiefs. Simple. Just there. They've clinched the number one seed in the AFC. The Packers, with a win on Sunday, can do the same in the NFC. You can see Dan on Get Up with Greeny and the Gang, top of the hour on ESPN. Happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays. That's Dan Orlovsky joining us this morning. The Jets are locked into the second pick in the NFL draft. Can't move. Number two, can't grab Trevor Lawrence. So what should they do? That win by the Jets against Cleveland means that on April 30th in Cleveland, Ohio, April 30th of 2021, the Jets will be picking second overall 
in the NFL draft if they stay there. And for more on that and all the developments in Week 16 heading to a great Week 17, it's a pleasure to welcome in ESPN NFL analyst Rex Ryan. He joins us this morning. Of course, Coach was with the Jets for quite some time and with Buffalo as well. We'll hit what the Bills are online to do tonight with just one moment. But, Coach, I want to start with Gangrene. The Jets locked into the second overall pick. If they stay there, what do you think they should do? You put it put it macro. Sam Donald in the mix, trading the pick, grabbing more picks. What would you do here at two? Well, it's a, it's a great uh, question because I, I think you have to look at it this way. Number one, what's your what's your comfort level with Sam Donald as your quarterback moving forward? And he's going to cost you money. Like it's not going to be, uh, you know, off a rookie deal. Um, so I think it's going to cost you money. You better make sure that you're comfortable with that. Uh, is there other quarterbacks in the draft that you feel good about? If not, it looks like to me you can make a you can build that offensive line. You take that tackle from Oregon, possibly with a second overall pick. Now you got two bookends. Uh, regardless of who your quarterback is, they're going to be protected and be able to run the football. So I think there's going to be some, you know, those kind of decisions. They've got a great receiver at LSU also. Uh, you know, that I remember Jefferson, I thought was a terrific prospect when I was watching him. And I kept saying, who the heck is this other guy? And Jefferson won close to him. And we see the kind of pro that Jefferson is. So, yeah, with, with Chase, I, I think that's that's another possibility here as well. But, um, you know, hey, the Jets are in great position. Unfortunately, they're not in the best position because Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, they lost out on him. And, and that's in a, uh, a once in a, you know, a, a generation type uh, prospect that they missed out on. Coach, I don't like quarterback shuffles. I think if you've got a guy that you can develop, you're better off using the draft to build up the team around him. If they do decide to stay with Sam Darnold, what is the next step in his development? What does he need to do to get to the place they want him to be? Well, Trevor, I think they have to come up with a with a plan, just like we saw what Kevin Stefanski did with Baker Mayfield. He, he, and, and I think that's going to be the key. What does this guy do well? What do we have to do? And I think, because right now, if you're just going to do the same kind of offense, then this kid's going to disappoint you. I mean, he's proven that he, he doesn't handle this kind of offense. So what, what works for this guy? And I think that's going to be the key. It's frustrating. We thought it was a slam dunk as New York Jet fans. We thought we had our franchise quarterback. Well, we got to find a system that... That, that shows what we all thought when we drafted this guy. You know, so bring in, is it, is it a, is it a um, bootleg, move the pocket system? You know, what, what kind of system is it? A West Coast system? I don't, I don't know, but they have to make sure they get it right. If they're not comfortable with this quarterback, though, don't make another mistake by keeping them just to, you know, well, we got that, that spot taken care of. No, if you don't have that spot, if you're not comfortable with that quarterback, then you need to find a way, you know, you've got to go out and get somebody that you're comfortable with. But, again, it's, it's much easier if they like Sam Darnold. And, and I guess they're going to answer that question come draft day. Rex Ryan is joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, Trevor Maddich, Zubin Mahenti in for the fellas. Once again, Monday, January 5th, all three of us will be running the three-man weave, and then Greeny will be following us on many of these ESPN radio affiliates coach i want to mention the steelers this actually isn't a team we've talked about all morning we've been on the air here for about an hour and 34 minutes 
They could not be beaten in their first 83 days of the season, that 11-0 start. Then they got into that three-game funk, and I'll be honest with you, it was real close to being four with the way Phillip Rivers was playing yesterday. But the Steelers' defense was absolutely phenomenal down the stretch. Ben Roethlisberger is going to get all the credit for the rally yesterday, and he deserves it. But, Coach, you're a defensive guy. Last seven possessions here for the Colts yesterday. Punt, field goal, punt, punt, interception, turnover on downs. I'm not saying the Steelers saved their season because obviously they're going to the playoffs, but did they save their possibility of going to the Super Bowl by getting that win yesterday? Well, I don't see how this team can make the Super Bowl when you rush for 20 yards. I, I don't think that, that, that plays. Um, you know, yeah, their defense had a huge effort, in which I expected. I mean, uh, Indianapolis was without their two starting tackles, so uh, that, that played into it a little bit. But, I mean... I, I still think you have to be able to run the football come playoffs, and Pittsburgh hasn't shown that. They do have a Super Bowl-caliber defense. We've seen that all year. And, yes, it, it's not as good without Bud Dupree in there um, and the linebackers, but but I'm just telling you, it's – I mean, I love their defense, and uh, but unfortunately the rest of the team don't – that doesn't look like the old Steelers to me. You know, the old Steelers would win playoff games because they would ground and pound you – and then make and shoot the ball over your head in, in the passing game. Right now, this is a team that's built on fast break type offense, and I don't think that plays. That that doesn't play in the in the playoffs. So they they got to have a they, they got to find a way to get back to being what they used to be if they're going to move forward in these playoffs. No question, twenty yards on the ground. Essentially, all of them came from James Conner. Last thing for you, of course, you coach the Jets. You also coach the Bills. Bills. With a big one tonight, they won the division for the first time in 25 years. The Pats' 11-year reign atop the AFC East is done. They're out of the playoffs. I, Coach, I, it boggles the mind that I'm going to say this, but it's Week 16. It's Monday night under the lights on ESPN. The Bills are playing the Pats, and everything is on the line for the Bills. The way that you've seen this <laughs> franchise, right? It seems strange, right? 17 yeah. years of missing the playoffs, then two out of the last three. Josh Allen, star turn this year. I know there's not a ton on the line here for the Pats, but when it comes to momentum and Buffalo and somebody going to Orchard Park in that weather, what do you make of what you've seen from the Bills and what do you expect to see tonight? Well, first off, this isn't the same old Bills and it's not the same old New England Patriots. It's, it's just the opposite for these two franchises. Um, look, there's one player left from when I was the head coach of the Bills, you know, four years ago. So they rebuilt this entire football team, but it's based on the back of their quarterback. They found their franchise quarterback in Josh Allen when many people thought that, oh, this guy, he's not accurate enough. He's, he can't do this. He has no touch. Really, everything those, those pundits said, they were dead wrong on, okay? This pundit said he was going to be a star, and he is. They built their franchise around him, and, and that's, that's what they have. They put their pieces together. Their defense is starting to play like like uh, we expected uh, them to do all season. They're turning the ball over. And right now, you want to talk about a tough out in the playoffs? It's the Buffalo Bills. Man, they are a complete football team. The uh, McDermott, the, the coach, has done a phenomenal job with this team. And the, the partnership... Of uh, you know, with the general manager, ownership, all that, ty- uh, all those things are together for this organization. And you've seen a team do this. And then the other thing, and by the way, the New England Patriots—they don't have Tom Brady. Guess what? It's a huge, huge loss, and we've seen it from this football team. And tonight, I just think the Bills are going to go. We don't care who you are. 
you may have the Patriot uniform on, but you ain't the New England Patriots, and you're never going to be the New England Patriots, as we remember, without Tom Brady. How about that? And lastly, I know this they're inextricably linked, and you just touched on it a little bit, Coach, but in the epic moving forward rivalry that will be Tom and Bill separated from each other, first strike goes to Tom, right? Because he's in the playoffs and Bill isn't. Uh, fair? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and look, I was the coach that said, the Hall of Fame quarterback is worth a hell of a lot more than the Hall of Fame coach, <laughs> and I'm a coach. So, uh, you know, I, I, I look, this is the greatest coach in the history of our, our game, and, and, and you're, you know, but he's got the greatest player and the greatest quarterback of all time. And to me, that we've seen it, man. He couldn't overcome it this year. You know, yeah, they had other losses and things, but as great a coach as Bill Belichick is, man, it's still a player-driven league, and it's the, the point is hammered home, uh, to say the least, this, this season. There's no doubt about it. Josh Allen grew up in a one-stoplight town. He has turned into one fine quarterback in Belichick. As coaches mentioned, it's been a rough season. It might get a little rougher tonight on Monday Night Football, Bills and Pats. Coach, we'll see you at the top of the hour with Greeny and the gang on Get Up. Thanks for joining us this morning. My pleasure, guys. Rex always bringing it <clears throat> strong. So that's the deal. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. Trevor Maddich in for the fellas again. We'll all be back together Monday, January 5th. Greeny to follow as we get ready to get you set for the NFL playoffs in early 2021. On the way, an NFL record set yesterday that we have to talk about, and I guarantee it's one you're not thinking about because despite this record, and it's an amazing record, their head coach is on the firing line. That's on the way, along with Trevor's observations. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. The fellas back Monday, January 5th. It's a pleasure to be joined by Trevor Maddich. We're with you. And we're presented by Progressive Insurance in just 15 minutes. Can the Cowboys do it? Can they actually win the NFC East? That's on the way. In 15 minutes, plus a stat on Mike McCarthy that every Cowboys fan, every McCarthy hater has got to hear. That's coming up at the top of the hour. Normally at this time, every Monday, it's Key's Observations. 
But this week with Trev in the house, it's time for Trevor's observations. And let's begin with... Bears and Jaguars. Trev, the Bears getting a lot more production down the field. 30-plus, three straight games, three-game winning streak. Win against the Packers, they're in the playoffs. And that's the key. Trubisky, in this three-game winning streak, has thrown the ball longer and better with a higher completion percentage than he did early in the season. He's got his long completion in each of the last three games is over 30 yards. He didn't have a completion over 30 yards the season before those three games. And Miami is a place where you see... I'm sorry to say this, a lot of elderly people, but here's an oldie, but a goodie. Dolphins at Raiders. Tua is the future, but the senior citizen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, came out Saturday night, reminded everybody why he is always a great stopgap and maybe more. Fitzpatrick has never, in his vagabond NFL career, he has never been in the playoffs. If the Dolphins make it and they have an opportunity to on Sunday, they're going to be playing at Buffalo even if Tua starts on Sunday in Buffalo, which he will, if this team is postseason bound, Fitzy has a lot to do with it. He does, and he's been phenomenal. But I think this is the best situation for him, Zubin, because he doesn't have to be crazy Fitz magic for 65 plays. He only has to be that at the end if Tua struggles. The problem is that as good as he looks, like on that crazy play where he had a face mask yep. and he completed the ball deep down the left sideline, helped to win the game this, this Sunday— Doing that, if you do it 10 times, you're going to have probably three or four interceptions and then the rest of them incomplete along with one completion. That was more of a busted coverage than a great throw. So you want this guy in a situation where he can make plays like that, but you don't count on him to do it the entire game. The Dolphins are a good place for him. No doubt about it. That was a 41-yard pass to Mac Hollins, which set up the game-winning field goal with a huge face mask on Fitzpatrick and a huge props to head coach Brian Flores, who at the age of 39 has this once-great franchise moving in the right direction. Again, a once-great franchise trying to move in the right direction, but getting stymied again is our next stop. Browns and Jets. Okay, so you know the deal. The Browns lose to the Jets. They didn't have their top four wide receivers. They didn't have 40% of their offensive line, left tackle, right guard, both out. Baker throws it 53 times, and the Jets topple the Browns. Yep, and I don't mind them throwing the ball 53 times. I think the Jets' defense knew full well that they were decimated at the receiver position, and so they came up to stop the run, and stop the run they did. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both averaged about 2.5 yards per carry. So they had to go to plan B in order to get a first down, and that was throw the ball. The reason they lost this game was not because they threw it 53 times. It was losing two fumbles deep in their own territory. Who wants to win from losing? Who wants to win football's worst division? Carolina at Washington. The Washington football team was in pole position yesterday. Had Ron Rivera defeated his old club, they would have clinched the NFC East because the Giants lost to the Ravens. Instead, here we go. Week 17, Cowboys at the Giants. The Washington football team taking on Philly. The Eagles, the only team in the division that has officially been eliminated from postseason contention. But you say the WFT Will W-I-N the NFC East? I think they will because of the matchup. I mean, Philly is out of the playoff race, plus their offensive line is so decimated by injuries that they can't protect whoever's playing quarterback. And with such a a hellacious pass rush that Washington can bring, I think they will force Jalen Hurts into some mistakes, and they have a chance to take care of business. Now, they had that chance this last Sunday. Yesterday against the Panthers, didn't take care of business, but I think Philly is a different problem for them, and I think they can solve it. 
And this guy is going to be a problem for teams in the AFC West for years to come. Broncos at Chargers. So you probably thought I was going to say Patrick Mahomes there, right? That's also an acceptable answer. But so is this kid, Justin Herbert. He threw his 28th touchdown pass of the season yesterday in a tight win over the Denver Broncos. It was a nine-yard pass to Austin Eckler that broke the record of single-season touchdown passes by rookie quarterbacks. That was said by Baker Mayfield back in 2018. You could talk everything you want about Burrow and everything you want about Tua, but I'll tell you what, he might be the quietest of the bunch, He was a biology major, pre-med, smart guy, and he's certainly been brilliant on the field. The Chargers might fire Anthony Lynn, but they are keeping Justin Herbert. What a pick this has turned out to be. It has been. And Zubin, in some ways, it's a surprise to me because at Oregon, he didn't play like this. At Oregon, he didn't show as much fire as he's showing right now. He may have had it. But he didn't demonstrate it. At Oregon, he had basically one main pitch, and that was his fastball. And when he needed to take something off it and drop the ball over the underneath coverage with some trajectory, he would default to his fastball too often. In the NFL, all of a sudden, he's become very diverse in the way he throws the ball. The tools in his toolbox he has pulled out and deployed. And I'll tell you, I didn't expect him to be this good this soon. He has been outstanding. Once again, he was the sixth overall pick. Anthony Lynn may or may not get a chance to coach him in 2021. One other thing about Herbert, because he's so quiet, we don't know the story the way we know the story of Burrow transferring from Ohio State, becoming a legend at LSU. Same thing with Tua coming in in that title game in 2017. Everybody knows who he is. Justin Herbert, for people that are not aware, and the Chargers don't get a lot of shine. Uh, They're not even the most popular team in their own city or their own stadium, let's be honest with you, (laughs) at the brand new SoFi Stadium. When Justin Herbert arrived at the University of Oregon, think about this for a second, considering what he just did yesterday. He was the six-string quarterback. He grew up one mile from the stadium. Mm -hmm. He went to Sheldon High School in Eugene, Oregon. He used to walk to games with his father with like Harrington, Graziani, all the great quarterbacks. And now he said his dad walks to games and his dad sheds a little bit of a tear because when he's walking the one mile to Autzen Stadium, there's kids walking to the game with Herbert on the back of their jersey. So think about that. What an amazing story. Six-string quarterback from the hometown, withstood, Won the Rose Bowl, which means anything to a Pac-12 school. That means anything and everything. And now he ends up being the future face of the Los Angeles Chargers. What an amazing story. They won't be going to the playoffs, but they have a bright, bright future. We're brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. On the way, how about this dichotomy? Which team could either win the division or land a top three pick Sunday? Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.